afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I'm very, very pleased that you are here with me today. We've got uh, kind of an unusual show, a different kind of guest compared to the people I usually uh, bring to you in studio today, Um, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Of course, I know you've been anxiously awaiting all week long for your quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. It isn't easy at first, but one of the greatest gifts you could ever give someone who makes your heart sore is the freedom to learn their own lessons at their own pace. Even trickier is discovering that one of the greatest gifts you could ever give someone who gets on your nerves is the freedom to learn their own lessons at their own pace. And perhaps most challenging of all is understanding that one of the greatest gifts you could ever give yourself is the realization that your heart soaring and your nerves fraying have never been dependent upon other people and their lessons. Tally-ho, the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Kind of an interesting quote this week, reminding us that you know, everybody's journey uh, is their journey. And um, as much as we love to fix people and help people and show them the way um, that nobody learns anything that they're not prepared to learn. And, you know, everybody has their own process. Everybody has their own way of development, their own journey in their life. And their journey is not dictated by us. It's not going to be rushed along. It's not going to happen any quicker or any slower than exactly the way it's supposed to. And let's see what Abraham has in store for us. Wellness that is being allowed or the wellness that is being denied is all about the mindset, the mood, the attitude, the practiced thoughts. There is not one exception in any human or beast because you can patch them up again and again and they will just find another way of reverting back to the natural rhythm of their mind. Treating the body really is about treating the mind. It's all psychosomatic. Every bit of it. No exceptions. Abraham. Very interesting. Two very aligned quotes from two very different sources that that really talk about the mindset, the attitude, kind of where people are. And it's so interesting that, you know, we think we can get people to change. We think we can help people. But again, nobody is going to change. Nobody is going to evolve any quicker than they're ready to evolve. And that really is all an internal job. It really is. I, I mean, you, you guys know here here at our wellness center, you know, we treat people for all kinds of conditions, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. And it really doesn't matter why someone comes into the center. Inevitably, it takes a change of heart. It takes a change of belief, a change of attitude and how somebody is living their life for them to really change whatever condition they're trying to treat. And it's really true in a way of the entire world. 
you know, so many people are, are looking at the world these days and saying, oh my God, there's so much war and terrorism and violence and all this horrible stuff. And the truth is, actually, the world is less violent and there are less wars going on than there have been for centuries. But uh, because we, we're more aware of it and the media makes us more present to it, there is that yearning for even a higher level of peace, for a higher level of safety. But that safety is not going to come from rules, from laws, from regulations. It's going to come from changing people's consciousness, from changing people's hearts. That is where true um, evolution, true change happens. It starts first with the heart, and then from the heart, it turns into action, and then those actions turn into experiences, and those experiences move us forward. The world is constantly evolving. Some people may say devolving, but it's also evolving at the same time, and it's up to us individually, those of you listen to the show, you're, if you're listening to the show, there's a reason for it. it. means you're drawn to this idea of a more conscious world. And that's what we're, you know, trying to impart. Of how do we create a more conscious world? It all starts with us. And so I hope that you enjoy our quotes of the day. I hope, um, you get some deeper understanding, some insight from it. And so just remember to kind of chill out, you know, when someone's getting on your nerves, you know, it's because, not because of you, it's because of them. And it's your response to them. And if we can just be a little more patient with people, just show them a little more love and kindness and patience, that will go much further to helping them to work through whatever issues they have than criticizing them, than judging them, than trying to fix them. So thank you for listening, as always, to our fascinating quotes of the day. And they're always so apropos to our guests we have um, coming on our show. And today's guest, I'm very pleased to introduce you to Todd Planiak. I don't Poliniac? Poliniac. Or Polinac. Or Polinac. Or Platiac, I guess. Or that's Polyniac. a that's a good word too. <laughs> I can change my last name. You got, me, you got me on this one. It's a very poly kind of name. It's a it is a poly name. Yes, it is. Todd is an accounting and strategic partner at Sachs BST, which is one of the top one hundred accounting firms. That's correct. Wow. And he oversees the nonprofit service group of, of Sachs BST in New Jersey, Manhattan, and Albany. Years in this role has taught him that his natural ability to help leadership, board members, and key stakeholders reach consensus is an effective way to solve fundamental problems. With that, he's founded Fist to Five Advisors, um, in which he casts a long-term vision for the group. He brainstorms and creates workable ideas as he recruits members to join the movement. He applies his Fist to Five methodology in his role at Saks BST every day. Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Todd. Well, thank you, Sam. You're welcome. So, um, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come into studio today. I always love when I can get my guests in studio. A lot of times they're on the phone and it's just always nicer to make a connection when you're in it studio. Is. 
face to face. I prefer yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, like as an accountant, you know, most of us do not necessarily think of accounting as one of those more enlightened professions, yet you've kind of uh, taken your role in accounting and kind of moved it into, I would say, sort of a more conscious area of business, which is the, the not-for-profit or, and the social responsible areas of accounting. I'm curious, like what drew you to that? I mean, is this something like you've always been interested in? or is something happened through your journey that really drew you to to this end of the business? I like to say that um, somehow this is part of my call, the Mm. not-for-profit world and also the for-profit world forming an alliance of converging together. Ah, I see. And how long now have you, like, been working in this world? In the not-for-profit world, oh, 25 years. Oh, so it's wow. been a long time. Wow. I, I did start my career not with not-for-profits. Mm-hmm. I did start my career working for uh, companies that were Fortune 500 and mm-hmm. a lot of folks on Wall Street. So right. it's a pretty big difference, I think, Sam, between yeah. Wall Street and not-for-profits, don't you think? Absolutely. I mean, primarily, I mean, it's a, it's a difference of mindset, although a lot of, I, I would assume, the same principles and the same yes. strategies that you use in Fortune 500 companies can be applied to the nonprofit world, though that's not typically the way we think. That's true. In fact, not-for-profits have a pretty bad rap, unfortunately. Mm. So, so do you remember what was the first nonprofit that you worked with and, and what kind of drew you to work with that one? Well, the story goes like this. Mm-hmm. I uh, left a very big firm. It, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, I can't say it on, on, the, on the radio. I'm not sure if I have to get their permission first. No, I won't. I'm only kidding. <laughs> I, I won't tell you who. It was a very big firm, and okay. that's where I got my experience on Wall Street and okay. working with Fortune 500 companies. I left, um, and I, I interviewed at a place called Sachs. Actually, it was called Singer Wolfman Jelly at the time. Ah, uh, Okay. They were recruiting their very first audit manager. Now, uh-huh. Sam, I really prepped for this interview. I, <laughs> I prepared before the mirror, and, and I thought I did really well. In fact, uh-huh. I did. I got the job. I just forgot to ask them one question. What's an audit manager? No, I knew what an audit manager was. I forgot to ask them how many audit clients they had. Uh-huh. And so they had absolutely one audit client. <laughs> it was a small, not-for-profit, and, uh, and, and the rest of the practice was a tax practice and an, uh, an accounting practice. Okay. And where I came from, I was mm-hmm. a seasoned auditor. Mm-hmm. I didn't know a 1099 from a 1040 from a 1065 to uh, a Route 46. I mean, I didn't know anything <laughs> like that. And so I basically was thrown into a job. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I did learn how to do those things, but I got to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I hated it. So um, really? I decided I was going to bring in a, a practice. Okay. And I tried to go for Wall Street. Uh-huh. I tried to go for the Fortune 500. Uh-huh. And honestly, they all said no. There was only one group of people who would follow. Really? And that was the not-for-profits. Really? So the not-for-profits were loyal to me in the beginning. So I owe oh. my allegiance to, to my whole career because they actually 
let me have a shot. Wow, that's amazing. So, you know, I I always like to say, you know, the universe will have its way with you whether you want it to or not. That's absolutely true. (laughs) So it's kind of like you went into this job. You didn't really know what you were getting yourself in for. And and, and even though you wanted to go in a different direction, it, it just it was almost like it was blocked to you. And so really where the universe wanted you to serve and use your genius were the not-for-profits. It It pulled me in, Sam. You know, I was trying to get out, but it pulled me back in. Wow, wow. That's fascinating. Fascinating. Cool. Very cool. Okay. We're going to take our first commercial break. Okay. And and when we come back, let's um, talk a little bit about like how that developed and like what brought you to develop this Fist to Five Advisors and kind of where that sort of all stemmed from. Okay. I'm all game. Wonderful. So everybody... Um, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. My guest this hour is Todd Poliniak or Poliniak or Pladiak, apparently. <laughs> and we will be right back. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. What are the latest travel trends? How can travel be a part of your overall health and wellness plan? This is William Paris lifestyle travel consultant and your host on travel and wellness today join me on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time for travel chat travel tips and travel news updates that's on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time on talkradio.nyc talkingalternative.com Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're talking all about nonprofits today with Todd Poliniak. All right. So, so Todd, so, so you went to this new accounting firm, and <laughs> by hook or by crook, you ended up only working with nonprofits, doing, right. doing audit work. Um, initially, you said like you couldn't stand doing all the the nine ninety nine. Oh well, it's all, all the, the tax work that the accounting right. firm did. I, I hated it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would assume since uh, you're now working a whole lot with nonprofits, um, that over time, something about the people you were servicing uh, really got to you. Oh yes, for sure. You know. Um, I think that it was a natural call in my life because mm-hmm. I believe in social impact. I believe mm-hmm. in you do well when you do good. So mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a marriage made in heaven, ah, I guess. Okay. 
Okay. And and so over the years of, of doing that auditing work, how did that auditing work turn into something more, what you've now coined the fist to five advisors? So here's what happened, mm-hmm. Sam. We found that not-for-profits really were open, that's the first point, open mm-hmm. to learning. Uh-huh. So we started a bunch of seminars to not-for-profits, and we eventually at one point, uh, at Sachs mm-hmm. BST, okay. named it, and then it developed something even more, which I'll tell you about in a moment. But mm-hmm. it started out basically not-for-profits gathering together and having breakfast. They they do like to eat like us. <laughs> That's coffee. good to know. <laughs> and I would do the training. I would do the teaching. I would try to make it fun and creative. Mm-hmm. I am a apparently. Uh, let me just ask yeah, you, yeah, yeah, what sure. size nonprofits did you work with? Were they smaller nonprofits, larger nonprofits? When we started, it, they were sno- small. Now we okay. have not-for-profits of all sizes, all okay. dimensions. Okay, cool. So so they enjoyed your training? They enjoyed my training because I would I would make it creative. I am uh, a very creative accountant. Geez. I don't know. I think that might be an oxymoron. An I'm not oxymoron? sure. I don't know about that. I'm usually not taken as an accountant. <laughs> That's usually people don't think I am. Though, so. you know, whenever I mention the term creative accounting, you know, people get a little bit worried. Yeah, it sounds they worry like they're it, fixing it the might books or be, something. Yeah. <laughs> like Enron or something like that. Right. Not, not, not in the sense that I'm creative and an accountant. How's ah, that? That's okay. <laughs> creative and accountant. Right. Okay. Not two terms we normally put together. Okay, so you you were having these working so, groups and, and and I guess having different nonprofits coming yep. together while you were training. And and then we said, you know what? This stuff doesn't apply just to not for profits. It applies mm. to for profits. It applies ah. to everybody. So we began to change our format okay. so that we would talk about topics that mm-hmm. would be for any. Any business. Can you give us an example of one or two? Leadership. Okay. I think leadership applies to both yeah, not-for-profits and for-profits. Absolutely. Social media. I yeah. think that you use it, don't you, Sam? Oh, just a okay, wee so bit. We have somebody in studio right. actually tweeting live for us right now. Branding. Branding. It applies to both not-for-profits oh. and for-profits. In fact, the person who actually interviewed mm-hmm. for branding was the, the, the company that did the branding for Dunkin' Donuts. I don't remember what's what's the the brand for Dunkin' Donuts now. If you don't remember, he hasn't done a really good job. Um, on the go or something like something, that. Uh, something everybody like loves Dunkin' or uh, something. something like that. Whatever. But anyway, we've we've changed it up, and uh-huh. then we got the the impression. Well, not only does this really apply, but maybe not for profits, and for profits should be talking to each other. So now we've changed a format that we call this moving towards a movement mm-hmm. or convergence where we interview both a not-for-profit and a for-profit at our ah, events. Ah, interesting, interesting. Absolutely. And and there's actually been like a lot of changes over the years, even in just structuring organizations. That's right. Now there's this new, I mean, relatively new type of uh, entity called a B Corp, which is... Benefit Corporation, yeah. Right, which is kind of like... Almost a hybrid in some ways. Yes, it is. Yeah, and then there's um there's another one too, a three L C or something. Um, I thought there was another type of entity that's also like uh, can, there's 
part, there's, part yeah, of the world. There's a, there's a whole bunch of things that are happening, and, and uh, that's what we like to speak about at Fist to Five, because right. we believe the world is changing. In fact, mm-hmm. we believe it's radically changing, oh, yeah. and <laughs> Sam, I'm going to tell you, with the generation that's behind us, I don't know how mm-hmm. old you are, but you don't look like a millennial. No, okay, I'm not a millennial. Well, <laughs> well, the millennials are changing up the way business yeah. is going to be done, both now and in the future. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and and we change is one of the things we talk quite a lot about on this show um uh and 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 you know how change is is happening in all aspects of life in 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 our personal lives in our business lives in our spiritual lives uh, absolutely it's and and the change is happening more rapidly than it has ever happened that's before. for sure absolutely it's like a roller coaster yeah yeah and and from what um monty taylor the astrologer who does the show right before this one living consciously says we're in for a few more years of of pretty rapid change we've got you know quite a while to go it's not going to end anytime soon that's okay with me yeah (laughs) i like change absolutely okay so so where did this term fist of five come from okay um let's talk about what fist of five is okay. and and that that's the, that's the a best good question that's what, the, is what is fist to five look at this guy he's taking over I'm the interview sorry already. i'm taking over the interview <laughs> I, I do have a tendency of doing that so um i i like to say that when people say what is fist to five i like to say well what is love mm. because i mean love could be defined many different ways right absolutely Sam? um so fist to five I would say can be defined in, in many different ways, the way that we would use it. Mm-hmm. Fist of five is a process. Okay. We call that building consensus. Okay. Fist of five is a movement, okay. which I will say is convergence. Okay. And fist of five advisors are some really smart, hip accountants mm. who are looking to help companies, not-for-profits and for-profits, mm-hmm. to achieve their full potential by mm-hmm. focusing on what matters most. So mm-hmm. those are the three ways of using Fist of Five. Okay. As a process, I think you may be aware of it if we were in a room mm-hmm. and we wanted to come to a point where we had to make mm-hmm. a decision mm-hmm. after we laid out all of the different options, mm-hmm. a person putting up a fist means they're totally against the decision. Uh, okay. A two means I'm not quite convinced yet. Keep on talking to me. A three is I'm really I'm all, I'm ready to move forward, uh-huh. even though I'm not all in. But I'm going to uh-huh. move forward with you. Okay. And a five means that you're all in. Uh, so that's it as a process, and we use that Sam all the time. You use it in your life. Everyone here in this room uses it. Um, it's basically in achieving consensus. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's achieving consensus both within an organization and potentially between organizations. And also within yourself. Uh, you ever have a debate within yourself and you have to say, <laughs> am I at a fist or a five? But it's yeah. also a movement. Mm. What do you mean a movement? Okay, so here's the idea of the movement. We really believe that there is a movement taking place and mm-hmm. we want to be part of getting folks on board with that movement. Okay. We believe that not-for-profits mm-hmm. need to behave more like businesses. Mm-hmm. And we also believe that businesses or for-profits should be more socially conscious. Absolutely. And we see a converging of the two coming together so that in the future, you're going to find 
both of them behaving a lot more alike yeah. than different. Yeah. You know, I had a, a, a conversation once with a gentleman I met at a networking group whose son had like just graduated college. And and he we, we were talking about, you know, is it tough for them with the job market and stuff? And he said, yeah. But he said also that a lot of like his son and his son's friends like they would not work for companies that they felt were not aligned That's with right. their values. That's right. So they were all like looking and st- like maybe doing some part-time jobs and then starting businesses on the right. side because they wanted to work in environments that were aligned with their values that were more socially conscious. So it, it's almost like these organizations that are unconscious are not attracting the new that's talent correct. that's coming out. So they're going to have to evolve or go extinct. One third of the workforce is millennials. One third, wow, and 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 I'm and I'm telling you, it's changing, and I do mm. predict that a time will come when a not for profit is not going to be seen the same way as it's seen today, mm. and neither will for profits. The world is changing. I happen to think it's actually a good thing. Oh, I absolutely think it's a good thing. Absolutely. So, so how do you? Um, help what's the process for helping people to sort of change that mindset if, if i'm working at some big for-profit company mm-hmm. and and you want me to learn to be sort of more socially conscious and to you know work with a nonprofit or, or learn from a nonprofit, how do you help somebody to to i don't want to say reverse but but to transform the mindset into one that's more in, in that kind of alignment well first um like anything else, you have to want to change. Absolutely. And you have to, and, and when it's a for-profit company, mm-hmm. uh, the stakeholders, whoever the stakeholders are, mm-hmm. must believe that it's more valuable to become socially sustainable right. than to remain. In fact, the uh, I know we may talk a little bit later about mm-hmm. Tony Truesdale mm-hmm. um, and the vitamin shop. Uh, his story is that he came into that company. He basically uh, turned that company around because they were focused, and he'll say this, on mm-hmm. making money. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they were actually losing money. When he was uh, able to focus them on their mission, uh, uh-huh. that's when they started making money. And now the vitamin shop is a public company. Mm, wow. wow. Um, and, and what about the challenges for helping sort of nonprofits think more business-like because that's a, a challenge too but that's in a different correct. direction and 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 again it's it's trying to help a group of people who are used to getting that regular check-in from the government mm. realize that that's going to soon stop there's mm. a lot of changes that are on board yeah. you know um we like to call fist five advisors catalytic coaching mm. so we we energize people to 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 look at where they are and how things could be changed, uh, including the not for profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know um, uh, that nonprofits now are looking much more for like on the impact that That's they're right. having and, and being and and being also a lot more creative in how they reach donors and volunteers and, and how do they get them involved and, and not not even that, but even just uh, their boards and, and getting their boards more creative and more involved with what they're doing. Sharon Duke, who I'm going to be interviewing tomorrow, oh. who is the uh, CEO of the AIDS Service Center of New York City, mm-hmm. I would say is a great example of taking a not-for-profit and applying strategic entrepreneurial um, for-profit mm. endeavors. 
And that's really where not-for-profits need to go. They need to, to think differently. Wow, wow. Okay, great, great. Okay, I'll tell you what, we're going to take another commercial break. Uh, when we come back, maybe we can give our audience some examples. Um, like you spoke about Vitamin Shop, maybe we can give them some other examples of uh, on the nonprofit side of, of what kind of shifts and changes in the mindset sure. helped like nonprofits to fulfill their mission uh, more effectively and the impact that that had. Absolutely. Wonderful. And of course, if anyone would like to call in and ask your own questions, please feel free. Our call-in number is 877-480-4120. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. So, Todd, we've been talking about sort of how uh, you've changed, uh, helped to change mindsets of, of for-profit companies to what they can learn from nonprofits, um, and and some examples of that. What about some examples of you know how a nonprofit? Um, organization or leader has has changed the way they operated to be more effective in their mission i would um just to back up a little bit um oh, before i answer okay. that that question because i think it's an important point to make taking over the interview i'm taking again. over the interview okay. yes i've I'm, I'm a very bad interviewee well, one more time uh, and that's it you're gonna have to have I'm your own sorry. show i'm gonna have my own show <laughs> Uh, but but before I answer that, I, uh-huh. I do want to use the example of Candace Leitner and, and okay. Candace, Candace. If you remember Candace, if if any of you remember not being able to drink when you're 18, it's because of Candace. Candace yeah, she basically um, was the person responsible for having the law changed. So I was 21. Right. She's also the reason, by the way, that your license is laminated. I don't know if in New York oh. it's laminated because mm. she, uh, she she basically um, uncovered that through her 16-year-old daughter, they went to Texas, mm-hmm. and um, she was able to alter his, her daughter's license, 
and they went to a string of different liquor stores and picked up cases and cases of beer. I don't know if you remember the wow, scene, but no. there are photographs of her and her, her daughter with these cases of beer. So because of that, that's why the licenses are laminated. So she's a phenomenal woman. Wow. And what she would tell you that in spite of all the great things that she mm-hmm. did, she had a really lousy accountant at the time, and it wasn't me. <laughs> And probably, and probably the first thing I need to say is you need to have the right strategic partners as a not-for-profit. Right. You need to have not only a, an accountant or a CPA firm that, that gets it, you need right. to have one that really cares. Right. If they don't really right. care about you and the mission, if they're just there to, to produce the product, right. Right. they're not going to provide the fist-to-five advisor ideas. That mm-hmm. So I just want to start by, by saying that. Right, right. So, no, absolutely. I, I, when you start any business, whether it's a for-profit or not-for-profit business, it, it's you absolutely have to have a team around you. You can't do it all by yourself and do it all e- internally. Uh, so absolutely, you need advisors like a, a strategic accountant who gets what you're doing and, and whose who's heart is in the right place, not just their counting skills. That's correct. So um, just to give you uh, maybe one or two examples, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that not-for-profits are really struggling with now is mm-hmm. the fact that they don't, they don't receive enough funding mm-hmm. from the government or even their donors. Mm. So they're looking to outside sources to create revenue. Right. I have a not-for-profit right now. Their focus is on servicing um, veterans mm-hmm. and they basically receive most of their money from, from the government. Uh-huh. They're looking at all kinds of different opportunities to get into a for-profit venture. Mm. But what I'm advising them as I'm working with them is that mm-hmm. they need to go into something that equates to their DNA. Right. When, when anybody gets into something, Sam, that they don't know and it doesn't right. fit with who they are, right. they're going to fail. Absolutely. So they're looking at all different, all different types of strategies. They haven't settled on one. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, one idea is actually to be part of a franchise that is oh. run by uh, the vets. So. Okay. Um, cause we know that that's a pretty hot topic right now, yeah, yeah, but yeah. looking for a company, a for-profit venture that, that works well with your mission right. is something that folks are, are really considering. Uh, so it's really kind of pairing up, you know, these for-profits and not-for-profits together that are not just any for-profit and not-for-profit, but two that, that really are aligned either in their mission or in their values. Correct. And so that's what I'm saying, that we're seeing the for-profit yeah. world that wants to do good to right. make social impact and a not-for-profit world who's already geared that way but doesn't really do well in business sometimes mm. come together to become something that we call Fist to Five. I see, I see. Uh, are there certain industries or certain sectors that are, are in, in, in the for-profit world that are more open you, that you've seen to, to this kind of uh, strategic partnership? It really depends. And I've seen uh, all different types. You know right. what? It's not, I don't want to say it's industry. I think it's, it's the mindset of the stakeholders. Okay. And so if the stakeholder really cares about social impact, mm-hmm. they're going to find a way to do it. 
I mean, mm-hmm. consider Newman's Own. I interviewed Tom, Tom Indido, who was the mm-hmm. former CEO of, of Newman's Own. Mm-hmm. That is a product. I don't know if you've ever bought their popcorn no, or their sauce. spaghetti <laughs> sauce. Is good. I bet you you will buy their product because not only because you know that it's 100% of it's going to charity, and it is, yeah, product, but it's yeah. also great quality. Yeah. Absolutely. But the vision of, of Newman himself and wanting to, to really give back mm-hmm. made it work. That's why, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's wrong to start. This is just Todd now. I think right. it's wrong to say what segments. I would say who are the people who are willing to, to make this work. Okay. Okay. So it's really across... Everything. everything it's really Anything more about work. the individuals involved right the groups involved the, the stakeholders involved. that's right, why there's right. hope because of the millennials because i believe the millennials right. even though some people talk poorly of them i think there's hope with the millennials because they do want to see social impact oh absolutely absolutely and i think the people who talk poorly about them just don't understand them and, that's true and and that you know the and and, and I, actually i just heard monty in his show before talking about how like the millennials are now in their 30s yeah. You know, I think people forget, like everyone thinks of millennials as like 20 something year olds. They've been around for a while. They're, They're getting older. In their 30s. Yeah, They're getting, getting older. older. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what have you found to be like the biggest challenges in trying to bring th- these two different worlds together? Oh, that's a great question, Sam. I'm glad you asked. Uh, okay, good. We're going to get some juicy stuff now. Okay. I don't know if you'll get juicy stuff. You'll just get all my, my frustration. I don't know. Do you like that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so here's, here's, here's the deal. Um, mm-hmm. And the not-for-profit side, I think that not-for-profits um, only see for-profits as revenue sources, i.e. donors. Uh so yes, I'm really interested in you, Mr. For-Profit, mm-hmm. because you can give me money. They don't right, understand that there's something right. more that the for-profit can give a not-for-profit in ideas, in strategic leadership, and that's why you really need to have the right folks that are part of your governance board in a for-profit. In a and that sounds also world. very one way. I mean, there's something that the not-for-profit can contribute in a way to the for-profit. I was just going to get to that. <sighs> Beat you to it. Oh, yes. But this is your, you're the interviewer. I'm the interviewee. So you get to do that. Yes. And don't forget that. I'm, I'm, I, I, I will, I will, I will completely comply, sir, whatever you want me to do. The not for profit mm-hmm. actually helps the for profit world mm-hmm. see the value of social impact. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the companies that get this right mm-hmm. are going to attract the right employees, the mm-hmm. ones who will be loyal to them, the right customers, and I believe also will have a more positive bottom line mm-hmm. than those who don't see it. Mm-hmm. But it's not always intuitive to a business owner right. to be socially conscious. It's All like right. it's about the money, it's about right. the money. No, right. it's about making a difference. It's right. about making a difference in the world. Right, right, right. Uh, do you have any examples maybe of some of some well-known names, some well-known brands that are socially conscious and how that's really helped the brand? Well, I, I, I guess one example is um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. A Kickstarter okay. just announced, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, that it's no longer going to be a for-profit, the generic for-profit. Oh. It's going to be a, a B Corporation. A benefit corp. Wow. So they, they actually said that it's not just about them making a lot of money. They mm-hmm. also want to change the world. So that's uh. that's an example of... And I guess when you're looking at B Corporations, mm-hmm. there's a whole slew of them just 
Google B corporations, you'll see right, right. Ben and Jerry's is a B corporation. Mm. I think we can go through the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, for me, my heart is this. I don't like it. And okay, so I'm high and mighty. Forgive me. I don't like <laughs> it when, when for profits just act like they're socially conscious, uh, but they're only doing it in order to get publicity right, or because that's a right, box to check off. Right, 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 right. You know when someone's faking it or if they're yeah. really genuine, right? Yeah, I remember like when green became so popular, there was that term uh, called greenwashing. Like companies yeah. pretended like, oh yeah, we, c- we care about the environment, we're doing this or that, and it was really like just a... T- it was garbage. Token. Yeah, it yeah. Was, wasn't really having fake Fakers, they're yeah, fakers, yeah. so... Yeah, absolutely. Out those fakers. Get out. Um, I also noticed that a a lot of organizations are being also sort of more socially conscious to their employees. Because I actually think that's where things start. Like if you can't treat your employees better, you know, how are you being more socially conscious? And and, um, like I heard somebody recently mention how an organization like Netflix um, just now has a policy of employees can have as many vacation days as they want. Wow. You know, and that this is now a, a new trend that they're, um, I think, uh, Richard Branson started instituting sure. that policy, oh, that yeah. several more enlightened organizations started doing that because they realized, you know, we're no longer sort of a nine to five society because, you know, people are accessing their email and texts, you know, any time of the day or night. So it, it it's this whole idea of like, you know, you're two, three weeks off, four weeks off per year doesn't really make sense because we're working so much more so and and you know we're even we're away on vacation still sometimes you have to be in touch with with your organization it makes a lot of sense yeah yeah treating your employees the right way well here's what i would say Mm -hmm. if you say that you're a socially conscious or responsible or so uh, or socially sustainable company Mm -hmm. and you are not treating your employees right then you're just you're just you're just lying. It's right, not true. Right, right. That is, I think, the first place to look in a company. Right, and I, right. I would say you might be surprised, but not all not for profits are socially sustainable. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure, because it also depends upon the organization and why they Correct. got started. I mean, there there have been a lot of scandals in the nonprofit world that really revealed how uh, you know the executive committee or the board were like just looking to you know get as much as they could out of it and weren't really as focused on their mission correct yeah yeah so i guess it's a kind of a good thing now things are becoming more transparent and so we're actually finding out like in the past those things could go on for years and years and years and no one would know and now it's like things are getting outed very very quickly especially with technology My, my goodness what you do 10 minutes from now will be broadcast all over the world or maybe it's being broadcast right now right <laughs> right, right right as you're doing it yeah there's the, the that delay factor is is not really there yeah okay believe it or not it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show when we come back why don't we talk about you know some of the um, initiatives you're working on now and and what's kind of coming up tomorrow Tomorrow? We could talk about tomorrow. Talk about tomorrow. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back. Ding, 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 ding,
You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Dude. Dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com, forever disrupted. The Dudes of Disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour. So, Todd, what's next for Fist for Five? Okay, so Fist to Five is having a, a big event tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, October 6th. That way you know what date it is. Yes, um, we like to do things by uh, date because yep. people might hear this like three months from now and they'll think tomorrow. And if they show up, they're going to be very disappointed. Disappointed, yeah. For sure. At the Vanderbilt Suites at 8 a.m. You, you can show up if you like. Okay. I'll uh, be there. You'll be there. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're going to be there, Sam. I'm going to be there. So um, I am getting an opportunity to have a conversation with two individuals mm-hmm. uh, who both have phenomenal companies. Um, mm-hmm. Well, one, actually, Tony Truesdale just retired from it, but still, it's a phenomenal uh. company. Tony is the former CEO of the Vitamin Shop. Mm-hmm. And Sharon Duke is the CEO and president of the AIDS Service Center of New York City. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a conversation about how they took their companies, which mm-hmm. started, in, in Sharon's case, zero. <laughs> and Tony's case, the vitamin shop at the time was losing money, uh, took them to phenomenal levels of success and the principles that they used to get them there. Mm-hmm. So you have a not-for-profit, Sharon's right. company, and a for-profit, Tony's company Mm -hmm. talking to each other about how they should Mm -hmm. think alike. Mm -hmm. Wonderful, wonderful. And as I understand it, I mean, this this, uh, event is not just informational. It's also an opportunity for people in different places to meet each other. That's right. Actually, the first part is... uh, a breakfast, so they get. A ch- I know people in New York City like to network, <sighs> yes, because that way you can get some coffee and some, yeah. you know, runny eggs, and but our <laughs> eggs are actually better, and some okay. hard bagels, but ours are soft. If so I'm getting yes. up that early. I sure hope they. You need to get some yeah. food. So yeah. you need to get some coffee. That's for sure. Or yeah. tea. Whatever. Or tea. You I'm a tea. I'm a tea drinker. Okay, that's okay. We won't hold that against you. Okay, good. Yeah, I get always. I always get really annoyed when I go to like networking events and they only have coffee. What's it's with like, those people? I don't know. Like, that's not know, being. That's not being conscious. That's, that's, that's absolutely that, not. It's very discriminatory right. against the tea drinkers. That's right. Um, so if people want to find out about this or register for it, is there a website? They or? can go to the Fist to Five website. That's www.fistfistofive.com and go on the event page. And I know the specifics are listed there. Okay, wonderful. That's probably the easiest way. Right. Okay. All right, wonderful. So I'm curious, where do you see... 
your work kind of leading you in the next five to ten years wow five to ten years i know it's a lifetime (laughs) doesn't it it feels like it these days well um so i'm not quite sure honestly Mm -hmm. where we're all going with fist Mm -hmm. to five but i do believe that it's beginning to to catch on Um, it is having a direct impact upon the folks in at Saks BST, which is mm-hmm. which is my firm, right. um, and I, it's also influencing a whole group of strategic partners. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, one day, this is my hope, that you'll mm-hmm. actually be you know that center column on the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, uh-huh. that's usually about good stuff, not the bad stuff. Right. I would hope to see Fist to Five or Fist to Five Advisors spoken about being uh, a national uh, um, in, influencer to the not-for-profit right, and the right. for-profit world. Wow, wow. Cool, cool. Uh, have you done any, have you had any experience sort of on the international level with NGOs and, and like are things like so dramatically different here in the United States as compared to overseas? Or? It depends on what country you're talking about. We have, and I have, I have mm-hmm. clients that are international clients. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's interesting, Sam. I don't think we as Americans realize how differently we think mm-hmm. from other people in the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, at least that's what the people in Europe tell me. I don't yeah, know. Maybe absolutely. maybe they think just like us, but I've had it, no. them tell me often. You Americans, this is what the way you think. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> but as far as the 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 what works mm-hmm. in, in a not-for-profit in the U.S. and what mm-hmm. will work overseas, I, I can say, and this is my, again, Todd's opinion, mm-hmm. I think the two can certainly apply. There's different governance issues right. in an international than an than a, um, American or U.S. base, mm-hmm. but they have the same struggles, um, mm-hmm. but maybe in a different context. Gotcha, gotcha. Do, do you see things kind of coming together more in your crystal ball, do you think? Like American nonprofits and, and international nonprofits will 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 you know how they work together will will become more similar in the future, or do you think it'll stay pretty different? I guess I can only answer that question if I can answer the question: Do we believe that things in the United States and things in the rest of the world will 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 be will coming becoming more together? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so because I think that we're no longer. Um, a, a local community. We're a, right. a global community. Absolutely. So we need to learn how to work across the oceans. Right. I, I mean, just economically, we're an international economy. There, Absolutely. There's, I don't think there's an economy in the entire world that's purely a local economy, and that anything you know, anything major happens in one country, the ripple effects are going to be felt in the rest Absolutely. of the world. Yeah, Absolutely. So, we, so, yeah, we do need to learn to play together much more nicely. Yes, and we can. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What um, what really keeps inspiring you to keep doing what you're doing? Wow. Okay. So, there's a few things that keep me going. Right. Uh, one thing that keeps me going is the younger generation. Ah. See, I have four millennial kids. Oh, okay, you do. so yeah, so they and and two of them are out of the house, and two are still in the house. Okay, but in spite of that, I have tons of young people mm-hmm. who I work with in Saks BST, mm-hmm. and I just see that there's so much more that can be done in the next generation. Mm. However, I'll say I'll put a caveat 
I'll put myself out there, Sam. Mm-hmm. The next generation has energy. Mm-hmm. They have. They are smart. They are mm-hmm. technologically. They, they blow us so, away. Yeah. But they also need to have the right folks guiding them. Yeah. And encouraging Absolutely. them. You know, uh, I had a CEO I spoke to of a not for profit actually today saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the millennials are going to actually want to become go into not for profits because it's really really hard to make money in a not for profit and it seems like the millennial generation wants to both do good but also right. make money. Right. I think there's a way to get there. I think that Absolutely. we may have to restructure the way things are done, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of hope in the next generation. Mm. Call me an idealist, <laughs> but I really do believe that. You're an idealist. And and I thank love you. it. And, and, but I, that's what keeps me going. It's, yeah. it's, um, there's five core values for Saxby ST. You want to hear them? Yeah. So there's five core values. Um, my partner, Josh Shinani, worked with a group of people recently. Mm-hmm. This tells you what Saxby ST is all about. Mm-hmm. Legacy. Mm-hmm. fortitude, mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. impact, mm-hmm. and intellectual curiosity. Mm. All five of those core values are expressed through Fist of Five and Fist of Five Advisors. I see. And, and I'm just kind of curious at SACSBST, like how large is the nonprofit end of the business compared to the for-profit? Or is it, is it smaller, bigger, larger, same? The not-for-profit is a good-sized portion of the practice, but it's mm-hmm. it's by far the uh, a smaller portion. I mean, okay. probably we are um, about 250 people or three offices. Oh, wow. About $45 million firm. Not-for-profits probably comprise 15% of the, okay. the not-for-profit practices, or the practices not-for-profits. So it's not a large portion, but it does um, make a big difference in the right. firm. It sounds like it, it may not be large in terms of the numbers, but, but it's large in terms of the impact in the way you Correct. think about what you do. It really does. I think the not-for-profit, let me put it to you this way. I think I can support the fact that Saks BST is a socially sustainable for-profit because of the way that we service our not-for-profits. Mm-hmm. And even the outgrowth of Fist of Five shows that we really do care right. about right. not just making money, but mm-hmm. also seeing mm-hmm. significant change take place in the world. Gotcha. Gotcha. So at the end of the day, when you're going home, how do you know, like, you've you've had an impact how do you know like what what benchmarks do you use that make you feel like "Ah, i did good today well (laughs) sometimes i don't (laughs) (laughs) okay sometimes i'm I'm, yeah i'm definitely going home and saying i don't know if i made an impact i don't always know that i'm making impact right away but here's how i know when i see my clients succeed Mm -hmm. in what they're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I know I've been directly involved, whether it's even on the technical side in the audit or the tax work or the special projects, I see that they're changing lives. I know that Mm -hmm. I've, I've had part, I'm, I'm part of that. I've Mm -hmm. sowed into another group of people that have changed people's Mm -hmm. lives. And that, that brings a warmth to my heart. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Todd. Thank you again for coming into the studio today. It's been great having you here. Again, the website for Fist of Five is? www.fistofive.com. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, um, 
And I wish you much luck in your dreams and visions. And uh, maybe okay. we'll have you back in here again one day when you can announce some 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 big accomplishments. You bet. Yeah, you bet. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, everybody, uh, that wraps up today's show. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, next week, I'm having actually a returning guest, uh, Ter- Teresa de Grobois, who um, has just come out with a, a new book, uh, Mass Influence, which is a, a wonderful book we're going to talk about, about gifting influence and how by serving others that we can actually have more influence in the world. Uh, very much looking forward to having her back on the show. It'll be a wonderful show. Um, Kevin Barbro is still on break. He'll be back later in the year. So we'll be back broadcasting again tomorrow, Tuesday evening, uh, starting at 8 o'clock with the Dudes of Disruption. We hope you'll tune in then, and we will talk to you next week. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Dude, dude, dude. Transforming Tuesday nights from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern on TalkingAlternative.com. It's the Dudes of Disruption. The Dudes of Disruption is a new show geared toward the global tribe of disruptors 
who are committed to interrupting the automatic ways of their lives so they go out and leave their mark on the world powerfully. Consider every Tuesday night, 8 to 9 Eastern, on TalkingAlternative.com, Forever Disrupted. The dudes of disruption, disrupting your automatics. Dude. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 